Good morning, and welcome to episode 5 of the Nerd News Podcast. We are going to start by saying rest in peace to Alfred Pennyworth, because his death is extremely official, and we are so, so sad. More on that in the next comment corner. A new line of Suicide Squad comics will be coming soon with a new team. Who will be on this team? I do not know yet, but there will be a new team. Maybe it will be older people. Maybe it will be uh, newer people or older people, such as like Rick or KG. Um, or we could go back with Harley Quinn and Deathstroke, but I doubt it's going to be Harley Quinn. I haven't read the newest issue yet of her Year of the Villain, but it seems like Harley's going to stay on her solo thing. So I don't think that's going to be a thing. But depending on who is on the team, I might get into that because I do kind of miss Diablo. El Diablo, yeah, my boy was fire. Yo, them tattoos was all sick and he just started blowing fire. Ha, fire. That That is actually not a joke that I intended to do. Deceased will be getting a sequel called Deceased Unkillables, focusing on the villains with three issues. But it will be spanning between 48 pages each in 2020 of April. Which is kind of cool because I guess it gives us even more characters. And Deceased's original series was very well loved. And then there was also that random thing where Constantine got saved because it's not his time to die. But he didn't really care too much. He just wasn't trying to help people out. But I mean, fuck it. Any, as long as it's good stories, I am buying it. Spider-Woman comic coming to stores near you, March 2020. Her first solo series since 2015. So let's support the Spider family. I mean, I know I will, because I, I like me some Spider-Woman. I like me some spiders, but only the spider-like people, not like Spider-Spiders, because I will scream. And not the spiders in Demon Slayer either. I hate them people, except for that one that got killed. It, like, all graciously, she was kind of cool. Teen Titans animation will head to Blu-ray December 3rd. It will be the complete series along with Trouble in Tokyo and a never-before-seen episode called The Lost Episode and special features, of course. I think I will be getting on that if it's somewhere under $60 because I do love Teen Titans and I'm tired of digital stuff. I don't like buying digital movies. I like them dreams physical. So if you are a Teen Titans fan and you want that extra episode as well, you better get that complete Blu-ray on December 3rd. Now, that is all that I have for you for the comic-related news. On to anime news with extreme spoilers. Now, Demon Slayer will be dropping volumes every month, which means um, they're going to be speeding it up for us English people who can't read Japanese and who want the full volumes and like to support the manga, which also is a little sad because that means that the manga is ending very, very soon if the English is going to be caught up. But it also feels like they're rushing this. And I think that it just got so much hype and the dude was like, dang, I could expand it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to take this money and run. I mean, this this last arc that we're on right now, it's intense, but it kind of feels like uh, everything's just about to go done. Newest Demon Slayer chapter, by the way. The buildup happens and it continues as Mitsuri describes to us what happened and how they plan to take down Muzin by using their last allied demon to flip the house upside down getting Muzin into the sun. Nothing too dramatic happens in this chapter except Muzin is attempting to kill his demon who is being manipulated 
Um, and that's also the one who manipulates the building, changing it. And, yeah, he just wants to kill her so they can stop manipulating her to using the building to their benefit. And we end the with the fight. The building just crashes onto the floor. And Muzin has a sword in his head. Like, Tanjiro just threw the sword and it penetrated his brain. It's kind of wild. Baruto delayed until this week. Uh, at the time I wrote this note, it was next week. So, there's no episode recap this week because it didn't happen. Black Clover. This new episode brings up a fight between the Spatial Magic Brothers um, that breaks out in the Chamber of the Clover Kingdom's King. It was a pretty crappy magic that this Clover Kingdom had. I mean, he like it was all bright and whatnot. It was like a big king-looking thing. And then... Uh, Finro's brother was just like, yeah, goodbye. Almost killed him. Um, but yeah, so. Now, the king's out of the fight. He kind of like fell off of a building but didn't die. Uh, Finro and Yami and Jack the Ripper are fighting against his brother, his little brother. The same one that was recruited by the uh, Eye of the Midnight Sun, technically. And, well, it doesn't go well for a long time because his brother's magic is really, really high and it's very offensive and Fenrir can only do um, more like a non-offensive. I don't really want to say defensive, but he can just get places. And then he realizes that he can get places. So after getting their butts kicked for like 20 minutes, he decides to teleport behind his brother while Yami and Jack attack him. And then he just punches him in the face and lays him out. And then like, you know, he yells at his brother, like, come on, come back to us. Don't let them take over. And apparently it works, and his brother comes back. But they're all just, like, sleeping on the floor now because they just exhausted themselves. Um, but then there's the next episode, because remember, I delayed this podcast a little bit. In the episode after, we see a gathering of the Black Bulls with the other squads at the Capitol defending everyone from the attack of the elves and past teammates. During the fight, everyone gets paralyzed right after Yami and Jack chase Lich into another area, not before telling his students to surpass their limits, and that is exactly what Asta does. When they become paralyzed, using his new sword that he obtained after battle with his battle with Lich, he sucks the magic spell away from his team and now we prepare for an assault as they try and bring their final Black Bull back. Great episode. I enjoy it. Black, uh, Black Clover's on this thing where it's like, every episode is good, but every episode feels like a cliffhanger. But it's not really a cliffhanger. It's just there's so much going on that you just want more. Like, it's never-ending action. And that's one of the reasons why Black Clover is definitely one of the better animations, or anime shows currently because of the fact that it like the action is just so freaking good even if their their animation isn't like top-notch like demon slayer's beetle beauty beauty this drink's pretty fire all right game review news which would be pokemon sword it's not as bad as the internet tries to make it if you can get over the fact that you can't have every single pokemon that's been out in the world um, it's your typical Pokemon game with the extra in story. I mean, I never played for the story, but this game's kind of cool. There's new, there's now Pokemon in the game that like freaking get big. I'm called Dynamax Pokemon. 
that's pretty dope. A couple small gripes, but the game's worth getting. I only made it as far as the wild area, which is like a big space where you can fight multiple types of Pokemon of all different levels, and you can only capture Pokemons that are under your level, and even then you can only capture certain Pokemon if you have certain badges. So that's another thing this game did. It kind of made you go to the gyms a lot more. I mean, most of us go to the gyms anyway, but you really have to with this one, but it's really good. Um, and the Dynamax thing is like, uh, they have these raids, and it's where four players can take on a big version of a Pokemon, and if you beat the Pokemon, you get a bunch of candies and other items, and you can try and catch that Gigantamax Pokemon. Also, guys, if you played Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu, you get a free Pikachu or Eevee, depending on which game you played. So, go talk to the people at the very first train station in the corner and get your free Pokemon. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Played the game for three hours. Now, now it's been more, but at the time of writing this review, it was like three hours. It was really fun. It's like a baby Dark Souls type thing with lightsabers. Such a cool game so far. It makes me want to watch the movies and explore the lore, which I actually did start doing. Still love the Force Unleashed like hell, but this is the next best Star Wars game. You can only cut monster body parts off. No humans, which makes me a little sad. No doors, no anything, actually. It's really just like whatever they tell you, you can cut. But game's still cool. There's a double-sided lightsaber in it, which I got, and it is fire i finally got force push i really wish that jedi double jumped but jedis don't double jump they just use the force to jump a little bit higher and that's a little trash guys learn to double jump like all these other games do but nah the game's really cool and you guys should play it and i just want to slice someone's torso in half but on to the gaming news XO19 happened and all the things that I seen were great. Starting off with Kingdom Hearts coming to Xbox in 2020. And by Kingdom Hearts, I mean 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 will release and they will be available on Game Pass. I do not know if there will be a physical, but if there's a physical, I am hopping on that ASAP because I love Kingdom Hearts and I will play it again. I played it all when it came out on PlayStation, Game Boy, and DS, and I will I played it all when it came out on PS3, and I played it all when they re released on PS4, and I played it on Xbox when they released Kingdom Hearts 3, and I will play every single game over again when it releases in 2020. I will play it on Game Pass, and I will go buy the game, and I will go get myself a digital version, because Kingdom Hearts is that flipping fire. Now, new game from Don't Nod called Tell Me Why, featuring twins. The game uh, will feature one of the twins, Tyler, described as a fully realized and daring character whose story is not reduced to simplistic trans tropes. Which means, yes, it's a story about twins and one of the twins is a trans. And it's actually really cool the way that trailer looked. I'm trying to figure out what the story's really about, though. They were, they were going to their mom, and their mom looked like she was probably sick or maybe crazy. I really can't tell. But I'm going to rewatch that trailer again and see if I can decipher a little bit of things going on in there. I really want to get interviews with, like, game developer teams, and that would be really dope because I would ask them what direction they're trying to go in with this game because it looks good, and I'm a fan of the Life is Strange series, and... Don't Nod has been making great games. Life is Strange 2 was fire. Uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm was fire. Life is Strange 1, straight fire. Like, there's n 
they, they're not missing right now. They're three for three. So I really hope that this game goes four for four. Hopefully, they don't just make bland characters, which they never do anyway. They've already tackled some of the things in the community. Um, in like all types of communities, actually. In this game, they tackled a little bit of racism. Um, and police brutality. And then in the other games, it fire game. Wait for more news, but I promise you, y'all, y'all gonna want this. Um, a game with interesting survival theme from Obsidian Games called Grounded. Now you're shrunken down to the size of insects or bugs, and you have to survive. It's kind of like imagine Fortnite, miniature Fortnite with a bunch of bugs and leaves, and you gotta hide from the bugs while probably knocking out other kids. I don't know. I'm not really sure how survival-y it is, but it looks really cool, and I'm going to give it a try when they drop it, but it looks so different that I'm down for it. xCloud now has even more games to stream if you're using that and have Game Pass, like 50, over 50 streamable games. So if you're using xCloud, try it out. There's a lot of stuff on there for you to use. Yakuza 0... Kiwami and Kiwami 2 are all heading to Xbox Game Pass. Halo Reach coming December 3rd to both PC and Xbox One. So all you PC people who are prepared for that, go download that, pre-order, whatever you gotta do. And all of our Xbox people, we get to play Halo Reach. Halo Reach, the prequel game. I'm hyped for that because it was one of the best. I think ODST was the best Halo game. And then came ODST, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo Reach, no, Halo, Halo 1, then Halo Reach, then Halo 5, Halo 4, or maybe it was 4, 5, yeah, Halo 4, then 5, because I didn't really care for Locke that much the way they did that. And they really made Chief sound like like the worst character in the world. I mean, I gotta replay that game, but they really did make Chief sound like a bad guy. But everyone there knows Chief. Yeah, he's gonna go and try and find a way to like get Cortana back, whatever it takes. He's not listening to everything his command says. Anyway, in 2020, Final Fantasy 7 through 15 will be getting added to Game Pass, excluding the MMO, which isn't fully out of the question just yet, as they're actually working on possibly getting that game on Xbox. Finally, I can play Final Fantasy 13 and 13 2 on my Xbox. I mean, they got it backwards compatible, but I guess they're putting Xbox One versions of all these games on there, which is going to be even cooler and better for me, because I have Game Pass, because I support all Xbox crap. I mean, I've been playing Final Fantasy 13 on my PlayStation 3, but I kind of hate turning on my PS3. I really do. I hate turning on my PlayStation 4, honestly. I only play Persona and Death Stranding on it, which are both pretty great games if you're an open-minded person or if you like RPGs or if you like things that take a while because the story build-up is good and confusing stuff. And yeah, well, enough about that. On to the next subject, which is Valve announced Half-Life Alyx, a VR experience. Um, more was announced Thursday, the day I recorded this, and honestly, I did not get a chance to watch it. So I'll let you guys know about that 
next episode. And you can now start the Xbox All Access program on Amazon. This program can be used to eventually upgrade to a Scarlet. So if you guys want to lease an Xbox One because you are broke or you don't have that much money to buy one outright, but you do have really good or decent credit, you can go and lease an Xbox. Pretty and cool, if you ask me. According to some articles, the new Black Ops in 2020 will be even more gruesome and dark than Modern Warfare, which would be great if it's boots on the ground. The war scene doesn't need to be lighthearted. It's a game about shooting people and all this other crap. Like, there's death. It should be gruesome. I got this game because it's the only way you can shoot someone and not get in trouble. That's why I play Grand Theft Auto. Movie and TV news. It seems the world wants to get Amber Heard off Aquaman 2. I am honestly don't know why. I mean, I, I do know why, I think. I don't remember. Something about her and Johnny Depp had some issues or she lied on Johnny Depp's name. But to be honest, I wasn't even going to talk about that. So we're going to skip it. She did a good job in Aquaman 2. That's all I can say. The Rock announced Black Adam will be released in the end of December of 2021. Finally. We can see the dude who beats the heck out of Shazam on a daily basis. Marvel Runaways to end after season three. I don't really watch Runaways, but I mean, it's on Disney Plus, I believe, so I'll give it a try eventually. I don't really know, though. But if you guys feel sad about that, feel free to cry while you listen to the rest of the news. During the Disney Plus blackout on launch day, Thousands of people had their accounts stolen and sold on the black web for as little as $3. How do you feel to know that your account was only worth $3? And Disney has not commented on this. No one has commented on this yet. Hmm, and we're still going to get Disney Plus, ain't we? Because I know I still got it. <laughs> A lot of the famous humans are asking for the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and I'm all for it. Hmm. You know what? It would be great, but I don't think it's ever going to come out. I don't. Anyway, Nickelodeon signs a deal with Netflix that will get their content on the streaming service along with new shows about characters under the channel name. And um, that's actually kind of cool. I don't really watch anything on Nickelodeon, though. I'm just going to watch all the old stuff that I could think of, like Rocco and Ren and Stimpy, Rem and Stimpy, and uh, that's about yeah, that, that. That's kind of about it. Junji Ito's Uzumaki will be a four-episode series that consists of about 80%, if not 100% of the manga. Some things will be rearranged in a, a bit, and some things won't be there. It will be very close to the source, even in black and white. Comes out in 2020, and I cannot wait. Instant purchase for me. Joker sequel, supposedly in the works, and DC looking to do more more origins like it. I would like an origin on, like, Lex Luthor, Mad Hatter. There's a couple origins that I would actually be, like, 100% down to... Um, 100% down to watch and be, see produced like Doomsday Origin, even though that would probably tie in with Lex Luthor. Any, well, actually, no, we could get a good Doomsday Origin because in the animation, at least, Doomsday fell to Earth long a while back. Lex Luthor's team stumbled upon it. Lex found out that he was a Kryptonian killer. 
and decided to use him for his own gain. Hmm. There's mad freaking origins we could do. They could do a Harley Quinn origin movie, kind of like the Harley Quinn Joker thing that came out. Um, we could, yo, there's mad freaking things, but they should do dark ones. They should do people who could be dark. I don't want anything lighthearted. I want the gritty people of the DC universe to get backstories like the Joker because that's what works. They can't be scared to give us something dark. Anyway, a special announcement. Shout out to my friend, Nico, who is working on a manga called Among the Ruins. It will be coming soon. I can't tell you guys really when it's coming out but if my sources is right it should be up on webtoons so i'm looking forward to reading my guy's work the art looks fantastic for it the thing that i've seen is a action scene it is really cool sketched out honestly i can't wait to see how it looks i don't think he's going to be doing colors in it but We'll see what happens, and I will let you guys know when it is up, when I get more about it. It, it. it does really look cool, honestly. So, for any of my anime people, something you might want to hop on. It looks like an action-type uh, manga, like around the realms of uh, Demon Slayer Latif. If it gets dark or if it stays lighthearted, let's see what he comes up with. I'm 100% for this. For the creators, man. For the creators. Now... On to my beautiful comic corner, Batman and the Outsiders Annual 1. I want to start by saying this cover is kind of trash. For the simple fact that Batman, my favorite hero ever, is on the front. Yes, it is his name in the title, but this issue is only Tatsu and Jefferson. But back to the story. We start with this ancient-like tale about a powerful sorceress named Miyako, who battles a samurai named Sutomo. And their fight raged on until he made the floors, until she made the floors bleed oil and the sky cry with fire and cleanse them all, binding them and binding him actually into an enchanted sword after ripping him in half, which was drawn so beautifully. And I hope DC doesn't shy away from such gruesome things with the Batman's Black Ops team like like ever again. So in Japan, we have Black Lightning and Katana eating some noodles and then they go on a visit to her sister because Katana wants to ask her sister if there's any way to help her husband who's being tortured by Sutomo within the sword but the answer is death she must die in order to stop his suffering so recognizing that this is in fact true she and Jefferson go off and she tells him a story being of her on a cliff that she never jumped from but it always called for her to jump into the ocean. And in that, she asked him to watch over her as she stabs herself and brings herself to the brink of death, transferring her essence into the sword where she meets Miyako, who then tells her he is coming and she will need to beat him in order to save her husband. But eternal suffering by his hands will come if she does not succeed. So this is a really cool battle that happens, and honestly, it's just a really cool backstory. Like, more information on this whole thing of, um, of, uh, 
dang, what am I trying to say? This whole story about Tatsu and her sword and her husband being trapped inside of it. And it was done really well. And then, like, Tatsu, like, beheads this dude. And it is sick, boy. And she comes back new. She kind of embraces the fact that she is a part of that bloodline that, um... Miyako is front is a part of and I give this story a 9 out of 10 It's really good for uh, a Batman and the Outsiders annual I think they're only on issue number eight right now. So that was pretty that's pretty good I mean, I want to see more I want to see their annuals do more like this something like with Duke and something with Cass it, Not necessarily origins, but like a step into their life, you know a step into the demons that they are fighting you know, gives me more reason to be invested in each character. Justice League 35. First off, the cover for this is astonishing. Now, we start this cover on Earth Zero. It's cover. Comic. On Earth Zero, where protests, uh, protesters scream Lex Luthor was right and doom begins to rise. Some people, though, still wish that the heroes would show themselves and come save the universe again. Following the death of Starman which we mentioned a few episodes back. The Justice League is slowly losing hope as the Star of Doom floats over the sky. Now, here's how big the Star of Doom is. Everyone can see it across galaxies, dimensions, and Earths, even in the dark multiverse Barbados, slurs Perpetua's name. In Earth-19, we see a gaslight-themed Batman. Here, Perpetua demonstrates her strength. The Batman tries to call for help, but his comms will not reach the other members of the Justice League around the galaxies, and he and Jim Gordon try to hold on to their strength and make whoever they can feel feel like there is still a chance. But she demolishes the entire Earth, wiping them out in mere seconds. She returns to the Phantom Galaxy in Universe Zero and reports back to her children that she doesn't have her full strength, but she will soon. In the meantime, she gives Lex Luthor a new army to command and her son Mobius, the Anti-Monitor, is on her side swearing to not fail her. Back on our main Earth of the story, Zero, we visit a ship with Hawkgirl and Shane, her son, and Martian Manhunter's son, who is absorbed by Lex Luthor, so he's technically dead, but he's not really dead, because apparently Shane can hear him in there. They are on a ship trying to communicate with the others, but after starting up the ship, per Batman's orders, they are found too quickly, and their ship gets damaged before they can escape, leaving them stranded. The one person with a big advantage, down and out of the fight. Dawn of X, X-Force. We start our story at some underground meeting place and people are undergoing a test to make sure they are not mutants before they have their meeting. And we have Domino hiding amongst them trying to get something, but she ends up getting made out and gets captured after getting stomped on. After this, we go to Krakoa, where Black Tom is talking to Xavier about how he does not like not knowing who is coming in by land and air, right after Jean Grey telepathically tells him someone is coming in via sea. But that's just Kitty Pride and her marauders. Xavier assumes, assures Tom that it's going to be okay, that he puts trust in him, and that's, their, that's why there's a system that he put so everyone knows what's happening, and everything can run smoothly. Xavier soon takes a trip through the Krakoan Gate to Russia to meet with an important person about a supposed agreement acknowledgement, acknowledging the mutants in their land. After meeting, he comes back. And during that time, Beast was getting attacked by an actual beast, 
that Wolverine saved him from. And then he mentioned how soft everyone has gotten due to their new life on this island. And boy is he right. And there, in the background, we have that. We have a Black Ops looking team going to what seems like an airplane. Taking a trip, I guess. But in reality, they hijack the plane and then they use it to jump out over Krakoa and start attacking people there. Turns into Genosha a little bit. There's only four of them. They don't kill too, too, too many people, but they do end up shooting Charles Xavier in the head. So as of now, Xavier is dead and Wolverine starts ripping his claws into this guy and Beast tells him to stop. We need to question someone. And Wolverine, angry, disappointed, he stops. And then we continue to Dawn of X, Fallen Angels number one. For starters, the art is really cool in the first few pages. But the story opens up with a young girl on the train who attaches some sort of implant to the side of her head. Her eyes turn black as she gets superhuman strength and tears her way through the train, killing its conductor and forcing it to crash. Back on Kakroa, we have Psylocke meditating and getting a message from a voice telling her that they are real. And Psylocke must listen and kill a god named Apoth. We are then directed to the House of M, where Magneto is sitting on his boss-ass throne. Here, she asks for permission to leave and pursue this mission, but he denies her. With Xavier dead after the invasion in X-Force number one, the island is on a strict lockdown. But he tells her to go east and talk to Sinister as he may take an interest in this vision she's had. But he plays dumb, saying that he's grieving and he lost his friend. So he forgets the conversations he's had, such as not directly letting Psylocke leave the island, possibly, at Bar Sinister. We arrive here, she mentions the dream, but Sinister doesn't immediately take interest as he tells her to go, ask Magneto for passage, but she explains he sent her to, for him to help her. But her replies, but he replies with question, asking her how is it she felt when she first killed, asking how it felt when she was just a soul inside a Bardock, asking how she would kill her for revenge. Would she let her even scream for it? But she stops the questions and asks for help once again, and he grants her passage, but to not go alone, since it is still dangerous out there. Outside partying, we are met with two non-party people, Cable and X-23, who have super quick spar match as she kicks his ass and drops him on the floor. She, like Logan, thinks the, par the paradise is a bit too soft and says that the safety sucks because mutants can never be safe, but they are approached by Psylocke, who tells them to meet her near her home. As she walks away, Bardock tries to get her to talk, but she says no need and continues her walk. They come, as we would expect, and Laura says she'll go, but Cable will stay. She doesn't want to live in Logan's shadow, and Cable deserves his happy place. In Tokyo, the two girls have made it, and Psylocke is asking an old friend, Makoto, about Apoth. Who is he? or she, but we find out that's just a name tagged to some supposed tech called Overclock, or at least the seller of that tech, which does exactly what we thought, but it's even worse. It kills you and it makes you want to take 
anyone you can along with you. And overdosing on it actually makes people around wanted more. In the background, we have a show of the past life of possibly Psylocke by the name of Koanen. She was conditioned into this killer life. The people who conditioned her, a boy she liked. Well, the people who conditioned her killed a boy she liked. I'm sorry. They took her daughter from her, severed her from the love to make an assassin. Although they didn't kill the child, they marked her with a butterfly, which is the same mark the kid on the train had, meaning that's possibly her kid. She breaks in anger and demands to know where Apoth is, but the woman won't tell her. So she uses her powers to find the answer and kills her. As X kills the men, she asks, are, we gonna t- are you going to tell me? Instead, she shows her the memories, and they head to the location she discovered. Outside of Tokyo, they find a barn with possible tech. And boy, were they right. It's a bunch of kids with the drug attached to them. They all get killed by another kid who apparently... That child is just a speaker for Apoth. She returns back to Kokoa and talks to Sinister about recruiting X-23 and Cable to find and take in Apoth so Sinister can do what he pleases and learns about and and learn about them you know this supposed god but only so she can kill him after or her she orders her new underlings to find them more mutants that they can trust put them on their team says she will make them butterflies and thank you guys for listening this week that is all that i have for you and we will have more 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 coming next episode Got a lot of Arrow to talk about. Got HBO back, so I'm going to be talking about Watchmen again. Um, I'm going to give you guys my opinion on Star Wars. And I have a lot of comics here. Spider-Man went 2099. We have um, Venom fighting Carnage and Absolute Carnage 5. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. The Year of the Villain. But you will all get it. You will all get it here. Stay tuned, and thank you for being loyal, my fans. Have a great night. Get your nerd on.